All right, folks, now it's time we're going to talk about the RFR online community. And uh, with me to kind of talk about it are the two directors for that program. I've got with me John Lionheart and Steve Ironside. Hey, guys, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it. How's it going? Yeah, it's going pretty good. Um, so, uh, Steve, why don't you tell me um, kind of briefly a little bit about yourself, like uh, where you're located and um, uh, how, you, uh, how long you've been volunteering for RFR? Sure. So uh, I started with RFR uh, just as the pandemic was kind of uh, hitting the, the climax, I guess, in Canada here. Um, I had thought about uh, volunteering for RFR for a little while. And then I thought I don't have, you know, four hours a month to give because I got two young kids and I've got a wife who's a believer and all that stuff. So I was just thinking like maybe maybe if something big happens, I'll have an opportunity. And then the pandemic hit and I had a whole bunch of extra time. And I'm <laughs> perfect timing and to join the helpline and uh, started off as a helpline agent. Uh, and then we had a, a shift in helpline uh, uh, directors and the new director was looking to go in another direction with the online community. And he approached John and I about uh, uh, like partnering and in, in taking that on. So decided to do that and it's been uh, it's been great uh i'm actually in uh in canada and uh there's actually a growing list of, of volunteers in canada which is nice uh we're trying to cover you know this area of the world so that's yeah. uh pretty great how i got involved with rfr i love it john what about you uh how long have you been volunteering for rfr where are you located and um what, what got you interested in this so I'm located in uh, California, uh, despite my uh, English accent. Uh, I immigrated over here in 1987 um, for work on the Challenger, uh, after the Challenger disaster. Um, and uh, about a year and a half ago, I, I saw actually a tweet looking for people who were interested in volunteering their time um, for recovery from religion. Um, I uh, used to be involved with religion until about 2002. Uh, I used to be Mormon, LDS, um, and I saw the error of my ways and changed that. Um, and so I decided I would uh, in, um, go to the volunteer sheet within the RFR and fill out a, an application. And they very kindly accepted that application. So, um, so I've been involved with the RFR for about a year and a half right now. And, and along with Steve, we're now both uh, co-directors of the online community. And you've got a couple of other um, volunteers that kind of help uh, run the community. And we'll get back into that in a little bit. But first, let's kind of talk about what the RFR on online community is. Um, uh, Steve, you want to give kind of a brief breakdown of, of what it is? And, 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 and then I'll go to John and ask him kind of what problem it solves. Sure, yeah. So the RFR online community, a private uh, group that's within RFR that... Uh, members that are clients and volunteers can interact in a safe space and kind of share their fears, their, you know, their upbringing, um, other um, issues related to religion uh, without the prying eyes of people from the outside world. So John, what do you feel like uh, this solves? Uh, what kind of problem does this solve? It certainly, uh, I think it solves a, a, a wonderful problem for those who are looking at um, recovering from religion. It gives them community, and that, that's the wonderful aspect. We have many people who call into the helpline and, uh, and they say, you know, I'm struggling. I'm in a predominantly a 
religious neighborhood or a religious state. Uh, some of these states, of course, uh, are heavily uh, Christian or heavily religious, and they just need to be able to talk um, and, and air out their, their, their views and uh, concerns. And so the online community is a, an excellent place to, uh, to be able to do that. So uh, it helps them to deal with the issues that they have going on in their own private lives. And the other wonderful thing is that we have agents in there who are trade agents from the helpline, and it gives them the opportunity to additionally hone their skills as an agent and uh, and help uh, clients oh. or members um, with, with their issues. So um, you have to bear in mind that in the helpline, it's not always man. Well, it is man, but um, someone's not calling in every minute of the day. And we have plenty of people who would love to be able to help other people. And so while people are not calling in or chatting in, they can go to the online community and, and help um, members who have joined. And one, one of the uh, things with the online community as well, uh, everyone has a pseudonym or, or a, a code name so that, uh, you know, if in private, they can do so. And one of the coolest things is seeing someone who is an agent in the helpline tack onto the person who they invited and say, hey, I was the agent that, that helped you and talked to you on the line, and now I can help you within the community as well. Oh, that's pretty darn cool. You know, this sounds very similar to the support group pro program, but um, in, in a slightly different way. Um, Steve, what's, what's different between uh, the online community and the support groups? Yeah, so the support groups are more like focused on kind of like roundtable discussion on, you know, the issues that they're dealing with, and they can kind of go through some healing together. Uh, whereas the community is more like just a community where people can come and, and share even like the, the highs and lows of what's going on in their life. Mm -hmm. Someone can say, hey, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm writing a book right now and, you know, I need some help editing it. You know, this is, this is the first page. Can anyone help me edit it? Things like that. We also have like quite a few channels that have different topics like practice street epistemology. So someone can, you know, become the next Anthony Magna Bosco by, by you know, practicing in there. Um, that's that's uh, the biggest thing. We do also have, um, which I'm running in a, um, 45 minutes, we're going to be doing a hangout uh, and it's a weekly hangout. Uh, right now it's Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern. And basically we just get together and chat with, uh, it's a mixture of volunteers and clients. And we kind of just share what's going on in our lives and, uh, you know, heal together basically. So this is, uh, this program is all on Slack uh, from the sound of it. And um, uh, it, uh, in Slack, there's a bunch of different channels and uh, you had mentioned uh, one of them, Steve. John, what are some of the other types of channels um, that people can join uh, when they, uh, when and if they are interested in participating in the online community? Okay, well, there are a host of channels. Um, we have people, of course, uh, having been involved with religion, um, a lot of people have a lot of sexual issues associated with uh, having been involved with religion. So we have a, an LGBTQ plus channel uh, for people who can now talk about their issues um, and, um, and we also have a sex channel as well for those who have really struggled um, with, with other sex-related issues. Um, then we have, um, we have a channel for Australia. We have a lot of people now in Australia who are really excited about recovering from religion. So we have a private channel uh, for those who actually live in Australia. Um, we have an addiction channel, uh, and that could be any form of addiction. Um, we have, of course, a, a Christian channel, a Mormon, ex-Mormon channel, um, a Jewish. Um, so as you can see, there's 
there's quite a variety there that people could actually uh, ask to join. Uh, we have a, also an Islamic channel. That sounds fantastic. And um, Steve, we also have uh, uh, like a secular parenting type of channel and a former and ex-military channel. Um, uh, I would imagine that um, uh, kind of in your position, as you mentioned, um, you have a believing uh, uh, partner that um, uh, someone like you uh, wanting to kind of understand how to raise a kid would be able to ask some sort of questions and uh, talk with other folks who are struggling with, with that too. Is that kind of how it would work? Definitely. And I have people reaching out to me all the time because uh, I make no secret that I have a believing spouse and I'm raising them to be free thinkers. Um, a big influence on me has been Dale McGowan. Um, he's oh, yeah. a, yeah, very uh, well-respected author in the, in the category of secular parenting. Um, I've shared a lot of his podcasts and his books with other members. I get people private messaging me all the time, uh, clients asking, because, you know, someone will point them in my direction and I'll, and I'll uh, send them on a journey to discover how to, uh, you know, raise kids in a secular way. Got it. Um, so, Steve, uh, we, what do the volunteers, like how many volunteers and kind of what do they do uh, inside of the programs? Right. So we have um, on paper, we have 105 volunteers within the online community uh, and those all migrated over from the helpline. So when they go through the one on one training with the helpline uh, uh, trainers, uh, they get introduced to the online community and they kind of see what we can do on the side as well. And some of them stick around and help out um, as moderators and some of them just decide it's not for them. They just want to do the helpline. They want to do the, the chat line, all that stuff. Uh, but basically, um, within the volunteer channel we have 102 so like i said 105 on paper but 102 are in there right now and they act as moderators for all the channels so um we used to have a program where we would have certain moderators for each of the channels but it kind of got to the point where some people were not being utilized um efficiently so those volunteers are now moderators as well so in every single channel all of those volunteers can come in and add their two cents. They can comment on posts that are already been made. They can mm -hmm. add new posts if they feel like there's something that hasn't been uh, tackled in that, in that channel yet. Um, and they're there uh, for, uh, for moral support as well. If someone wants to direct message one of the agents, one of the volunteers, then they can totally do so and we can help them with uh, individual issues. We forgot to mention one of the channels in there is Empowering, uh, Empowering Women channel um, oh cool and, and that's a private channel purely for those who are female who, who want to just join the community and talk about their perhaps feminine issues or whatever issues they would like to chat uh, with in that particular uh, channel so we have that private channel purely for uh, those people that was um just a point of uh, detail is that channel for um folks who own uteruses or is it for anybody who identifies as a female there has been some uh, some controversy in the past about that because there are people who identify as women um, and we kind of left that up to the the female volunteers to you know make that call um, because John and myself are both not in that channel uh, so we we have to rely on the female volunteers to kind of moderate that channel and let us know what's going on in there um, and I know there's been a couple times where there have been individuals that identify as female and they have been permitted to be in that channel 
You know, um, my experience in social media and in some Facebook groups or uh, even on Twitter, really quickly, uh, uh, disagreements um, can uh, go into attacking and and uh, be kind of a toxic environment. But it sounds like part of the moderator's job would be to quell that and uh, keep it a safe and um, uh, uplifting environment. We've had issues in the past come up and, and a lot of times um, they're pretty good at quelling that at the lowest level. Uh, but sometimes they do need to involve uh, myself or John, or also we have our uh, assistant uh, director, and that is uh, Tanya. She goes by Marie Curious. Um, so people, uh, other volunteers will approach us and say, hey, this is a little bit, getting a little bit out of hand. You know, what can we do here? And then usually John or myself or uh, Tanya will message um, that individual and let them know where they're, you know, pushing the guidelines a little bit. And uh, if it happens to become a major issue, then we may have to deactivate their account. Um, but we try and resolve it before it gets to that point because we, we feel like everyone that's in there, you know, deserves a chance to, uh, to get help. And does that happen very often? We have to, I mean, like, is it like every day or every month we have to, to um, uh, chastise somebody or remove somebody? Um, or is it, uh, is it kind of a rare occurrence? I can say that it's, it's fairly rare. I'm quite pleased that we don't have that issue a great deal. Um, but it's taken care of pretty quickly. And, uh, and most people come to realize, oh, I didn't realize I couldn't do that, you know. Oh, got it. Uh, and so they're pretty, yeah, I think they, uh, they managed to deal with the issues. And uh, it's pretty rare that we have to actually deactivate anyone. It does happen, but, but not very often. Well, I'm glad you guys have got some great systems in place to kind of handle that. And, uh, you know, it happens every now and then where um, someone uh, just doesn't necessarily fit and they, they come through whatever uh, systems are, are there to, to keep the place safe. But you guys have developed some good systems to, to handle that pretty quickly. That sounds great. Now, John, how many um, clients or non-volunteers are uh, inside of, uh, are, uh, currently a part of the RFR online community? And how would a, a person uh, join, be able to join? Because it's not necessarily public. Well, we actually have uh, 1,926 people who have actually wow. signed in uh, to Slack. Uh, and of course, that is a large number. But a lot of those people, we have to bear in mind that RFR has been going now for quite a few years. And um, some of those people joined and, and are now totally inactive as such. Um, some of them do come back. Uh, they tend to wander off occasionally, feel as though that they have their issues all sorted out and they're going along on their merry way. Um, but then other issues crop up and uh, they get back in touch with recovering from oh, the cool. say, Hey, I joined the online community a few years ago. Um, I need to get back involved with that a little bit more. So, uh, so we, they, they come back. So we, we have a lot of inactive people, but it's always open for them to, to um, uh, log in and uh, come and chat. John, how, how would somebody join uh, and, and come into the RFR online community? Well, okay, uh, it's, um, it's by invitation. And so when we have um, people who call in for help uh, to the helpline community, um, either a telephone call or, uh, or the chat facility, um, an agent uh, will get chatting to them and find out what their issue is and try and help them as best they can. And if they feel that perhaps joining a community is something to, that would really help them, then they will offer and say, well, look, you know, we have a community and perhaps the community might be able to help you in this situation because we have many channels of, of uh, um, topics that perhaps might uh, 
be associated with some of your particular issues. Um, and so we, we offer that to them. And then if they say, yeah, I think that would be really good. I think I might be interested in joining a community to be able to at least discuss some of the issues I have going on. Um, then all we need from them is an email. Uh, everything is held confidential. Um, the only people that get the email uh, will be someone who sends the invitation out or that particular person might be an agent. And that agent will notify either uh, Steve or myself. And then we send them a private email and they then get two um, yeah. notifications. One will be an email from Recover From Religion, and the second will be a Slack uh, application to join us because the, re the Recovering From Religion uh, online community is all organized and run by a Slack app. Perfect. Now, before we kind of move on to, and wrap this up, uh, uh, Steve or John, um, is there anything else that we missed that uh, you think should be important to for folks to know about the Actually, online community? Perhaps something I'll, I'll mention now, which will perhaps lead on to the next topic, and that is that within the online community, we have a whole host of resources uh, available to us uh, as uh, trained agents, and um, we pull those resources um, out of the uh, re Recovering from Religion library. Uh, and so we use those resources. We'll as people have issues within the online community, we'll go to our library, um, we will find uh, topics that might help them, and we will then post that for them. So that's sort of a nice lead into the library. That's idea. great. Uh, Steve, anything else that we missed that you think is important to talk about? I just want to give another shout out to all the uh, volunteers and agents we have within mm. the online community. Um, we wouldn't be able to do it alone. John and I are, are superhuman, but you know, we can't do it with the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> without the uh, the other helpers so uh you know big shout out to them uh, i don't want to mention them by name because there's so many of them that uh yeah. you know um but uh and another big shout out to uh, marie curious for being our uh, assistant director she definitely uh bears the brunt of a lot of the issues as well so big shout out to all the volunteers and uh for recovering from religion as a whole okay got it um, and so basically, if someone wants to join the Slack community, um, head on over to uh, call RFR, the, the helpline, or chat on the helpline, get an invitation. Um, and uh, it's a place where folks can uh, have safe conversations and talk about some very topics that they're um, concerned about, that they're struggling with. And uh, primarily, an anonymity is something that uh, you guys and all the volunteers strive to protect um, for the folks who are in there. And so it, right. to keep it a safe place. Awesome. All right, um, before we wrap it up, um, John, tell me what has been, uh, what has volunteering for the last year and a half been like for you? What have you gotten out of it? Um, well, I'm more fortunate than perhaps Steve is because I'm, I'm retired now. So I can spend a lot more time doing this and, and I, which I thoroughly enjoy, to be honest. Um, my wife still does work, um, but, um, but primarily I'm here on my own from uh, Thursday through Friday. So I have the wonderful opportunity to be able to do a, a lot more things with recovering from religion. Um, I get a great deal out of it. I, I, I just love helping people as best I can. And, uh, and it's helped me, I, I guess, in a great deal. Um, I don't think uh, I was so deeply involved in religion like some people are. So it, it never really affected me when I left religion behind. Um, but knowing that I can now volunteer my time and, and help people um, that is, for me, is a big plus. Awesome. I love that. Well, Steve, what about for you? What's uh, volunteering been like for you while you've been here? 
it's it's been an amazing experience for sure and like john said i you know once uh, the pandemic hit i went down to like one day a week at work and i was kind of working from home so i had a lot of extra time to you know sign into slack check out what's going on all the time be on top of everything john and i were talking probably daily if not more than once a day um over the phone uh and that's kind of trickled to you know very little uh since i've had to go back to work uh full time uh but you know i do find time to volunteer here and there and 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 add my two cents and and be able to uh to to hold up my end of the bargain uh but it's been it's been an amazing experience for uh for things like um you know with my spouse being religious and things like that like i never went through a period in my life where i was religious but just having um more insight from other people in the community has helped me in my interactions with my spouse um, because there's there's things I didn't understand about you know where she was coming from and things like that. So um, just interacting with with folks in the online community and, and hearing their stories has, has uh, opened my eyes a bit more and uh, made me more accepting of of her religious beliefs and where she's coming from. Oh, that's awesome. Well, guys, uh, John, Steve, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, talk to us and introduce us to the R of R online community. Really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Recovering from Religion is a nonprofit organization whose mission it is to provide hope, healing, and support to those struggling with issues of doubt and non-belief. Hope, Healing, and Support is waiting for you on our website, recoveringfromreligion.org. There, you can speak or chat with a trained agent who will work with you through your struggles and doubts or to help find resources that may work for you. You can also find local Recovering From Religion support groups in your area for the long-term recovery work. Resources specifically curated for those struggling with doubts, disbelief, and trauma can also be found on the RFR website. To connect with a secular therapist in your area, go to seculartherapy.org and create an account. If you'd like to support the work that RFR does, you can donate or sign up as a volunteer on the Recovering From Religion website. It's also a big help subscribing to the RFR YouTube channel, our blog, or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Questions, comments, and suggestions can be emailed to us at rfrx at recoveringfromreligion.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll be with us next time on the Recovering From Religion podcast.